Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the fish handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a big old dragon that's like an alien, but also like kind of weirdly racist in some ways. Uh, it's Rob. Uh, raw, raw. I'm a dungeon dragon. Hello. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about a surprisingly highly reoccurring character fing fang foom um so i want to get into like this is like real i'm gonna be honest this character gets real uncomfortable when you uh sometimes uh because coming after uh facade who is a racial stereotype of an arab sheik um fing fang foom has a real uncomfortable ties to just you know generic china so we'll get into that Yes. That being said, what is Fing Fang Foom? Uh, he is a uh, big green dragon who dates back to the pre-Fantastic Four days of Marvel. Uh, back when Marvel was putting out a bunch of books featuring giant monsters. Yes. So, um, if you are not familiar, uh, Marvel, for a long time, uh, was doing... Uh, basically, when the comics code like kind of loosened their restrictions a little bit in the 60s well i mean i mean they were doing prior to this they were doing very tales of the crypt-esque horror books and obviously the code killed those and so they sort of switched tack to something more along the lines of you know your your giant the giant monster movies that were big in uh theaters at the time you know your uh like them or the deadly mantis or uh uh the giant gila monster yeah and this is uh and this was during the beginning of Strange Tales, mm-hmm. which speaking of, he first appeared in Strange Tales issue number eighty-nine in October nineteen sixty one. Fing Fang Foom. And there is Cover Peace Theater. Cover Peace Theater. So, I think we have a pretty exciting cover here. Oh, we do? We have, yeah, so we have the real fantastic, just, I really, what do you, what do you call the, the title art? Is it title art? Uh, just the, just the, uh, the logo, the logo, logo font. Logo font, you know, whatever you call it. I really like the, uh, like, like this one. It's just like, it's like a real spooky, strange tales. It's like it's like it saw a ghost and it's shivering. It, it's sort of um, it's very similar to the font that they'd use later for Doctor Strange. Yes, who debuted in of, Strange Tales. It like was it one ten? He was backup story. So, yeah, because he started Batman. off in a backup story for when uh, the Human Torch had the lead feature. Yeah, and uh, Human Torch also. Um, <sighs> Human Torch also, uh, you know, fought Plant Man, who was a character I had to record three times Oof. because I lost the episode. Oh. Yes. Uh, Plant Man has a special place in my heart because I had to record it three different times. <laughs> uh, but, 
But yeah, so we have Fing Fang Foom, like, just hold it on to the top of a house. Yeah. Not, not the roof, like, just the, like, most like, of a house. Like you tore the, foundation. the upper level. Yeah. And uh, we have some real fun ad copy here. I mean, some real, real fun cover copy, which is Fing Fang Foom, the most fearful menace of them all. And I'm going to be honest, this looks kind of like an old man in, like in the face. Yeah. Just like, I'm, I'm gonna no give, place give on earth back. will give you safety, mortal, when Fin Fang Foom strikes. And, 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 and that's very much of a piece with the other monster covers where they all had dialogue like this. You know, no, nothing can save Earth from, you know, Gugam, son of Goom. I love Goom. Goom is Goom is friend shaped. Uh, that that being said, uh, yeah, there's also like this little little dude just kind of running away, Pro, an average sized dude. Let me. It depends on which you know which perspective you have, but an average sized human male, uh, just uh, running away because it turns out he wants to run to safety, even though there's no place on Earth to no. give him safety. But yeah, uh, to, let's dive into this because uh, you know it was the '60s and uh, we had a we had a the 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 Reds were oh, yes. were, were all over the comics. Fing Fang Foom is a gigantic dragon, approximately 15 stories tall, whose origin is unknown and who is but who is known to be lived in China, in the country's in that country's ancient history. Um, Later on, he gets like retconned as like a. In fact, dragon not. In fact, a couple alien. of years after this, uh, he would make a big appearance in John Byrne's Iron Man, uh, the the Dragon Seed Saga, which revealed that he was an alien Macluan dragon, like a, it's like a sentient race of dragons who flew around the the uh, galaxy in giant spaceships. And it was their technology that the uh, the man who had become the Mandarin uh, used to create his Ten Rings. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I think Lockheed is like uh, supposed to be I, an I, offshoot. I, I of can't this, remember. I think. I think there's some connection there. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, like I know I know Lockheed's supposed to not be like a mythological dragon, but like an alien. But mm. I I don't know if that was like either retconned or if it's like a thing they just don't mention mm -hmm. anymore. I think that was a thing around the time they were doing like it like all the X-Men were vampires thing. Yeah. You know, when Jubilee was a vampire for like a decade. Uh-huh. Which I thought was actually a pretty good move. I like I like vampire Jubilee. Um but that being said, but yeah, he's an alien. Um mm. so Fing Fang Foom possesses vast human superhuman strength. Well, he's not a human, he's a he probably possesses a normal amount of strength for for his people. Yeah, for something that's uh, the size of a Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, can fly using its enormous rings, is virtually indestructible, and can produce an acid mist from its mouth without harming itself. Fing Fang Boom is a sentient being that has been depicted as capable of speech, although it's more likely that it communicates telepathically. Which, you know, I, I guess both gets the point across as long as you can understand them. Fing Fang Foom's first recorded appearance in modern times took place nearly 30 years ago. Chan Lu Chao, the son of a Chinese father and an American mother, was a student of ancient 
Chinese history and legends uh, that who lived on the island of Taiwan, also known as Formosa, which yes. was the last outpost of the uh, Chinese nationalist government, which had been overthrown on uh, mainland China in its communist revolution. Chan's father was fervently opposed to communism and was angered by his son's refusal to join the Chinese Nationalist Army, which he hoped would oppose mainland, the mainland government. Chan, however secretly known, his, had his own plan for battling the Chinese communists, who, who were then preparing an invasion force to conquer Taiwan. He had read the legends of Fing Fang Foom and believed the monster was real. Chan, who went to mainland China in a small sailboat, made his way to a crypt guarded by prim- a primitive uh, tribe that was unaware that it was the entryway to a tunnel leading to the dragon's lair. Chan entered the crypt and found a tunnel that led under the Great Wall of China to an enormous cavern which Feng Feng Fum slept. Fin Feng Fum. I always still want to say Feng. So yes. Fin Feng Fum. Um, Apparently, the dragon had been sleeping there for centuries, presumably being cast in an unending sleep by a certain herb. I mean, I mean, I know certain herbs that make me want to go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> or, I'm just... <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, like, I, I feel like there's a, there was at least one, like, Marvel fan in the, in the 60s that had, like, Fig fag food like smoking a doobie on the side of a like a side of a fad. Oh, absolutely. That feels like you know, it feels it feels it feels right. Having read about them in ancient manuscript, Chan brought samples of both this herb and another herb, which when brushed across the dragon's lips could awaken the creature. That feels very sensual. Yes, it brush it only brushed the lips. Just you have to gently caress uh fig fin fang foom's face while brushing some herbs across across his lips, whispering sweet nothings into his ears. Uh, so, so yeah, he uses this herb to awaken Fin Feng Foom and announces his intention to put him to sleep again. Enraged, the dragon pursued Chan, who fled on horseback, leading the monster to the coast where the communist invasion force amassed. Fin Feng Foom ra- ra- wreaked havoc, destroying the invasion force in a fierce attempt to find and kill Chan. His mission was accomplished. Chan returned to the crypts with Fin Feng Foom close behind, and then back within the dragon's lair, he managed to brush the dragon's lips with the herb that cast him again to deep slumber, and Chan returned to Taiwan and eventually immigrated to the U.S. Years later, he awoke and aided the monstrous It, the living Colossus, in defeating the Invasion force of the alien Stonians, also known as the Gargoyles of Stonius V. Having driven off the aliens, Fin Fang Foom returned to his lair in China. Later, uh, George I can never say the Midgard Serpent's name. Uh, Jormungand. Jormungand. The Midgard Serpent of Norse mythology assumed the guise of Fin Fang Foom for an encounter with a number of frost giants. The real Fin Fang Foom is a separate entity from the Midgard Serpents. And 
Fing Fing Foom came to the United States where posed the adventures known as the Legion of Night. Uh, yep, that's it. That was, that was a short-lived uh, Steve Gerber book. Yeah, apparently Chan uh, Lu Chao was in it. And um, he has been in so much more since then. Yeah, he has been in so many things. Um, I remember very specifically when I was reading about the Midgard Serpents in the Mark Greenwald run of mm-hmm. the handbook. Right. Where they where they put a thing like, you know, some people say that blah 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 blah. <laughs> that is feed fig pig foob. <laughs> and I'm just like, nah, that ain't right. I'm glad that they <laughs> corrected it on this one. And uh, according to according to Stan Lee, uh, he was uh, his name was inspired by the 1934 movie Chu Chin Chow. I'm just gonna say that uh, you know, as much as uh, I will applaud Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and a lot of the early Marvel writers uh, about trying to be as inclusive as possible, they did not they they didn't do well with the. Uh, Chinese people or their history? No, although I mean, I guess now we know that Fin Fang Foom is just like an alien dragon name. Yeah, I'm. A, it feels like a, it just it, you know it doesn't feel great. You know, like if you read any of the early like uh like if you read a lot of the early Iron Man stuff. It's a lot of anti Chinese communist stuff. Oh yeah, I mean it's not not, it's not so much racist. It's just that they Stanley super hated all communists. Yeah. And, you know, as a person who's fairly, like, fairly left, you know, that bums me out a little bit. But that being said, you know what? He's a product of his time. Yeah. He, he did actively put a lot of, like, care into representing a lot of different people. Uh, so, you know, I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna, you know. See if uh, Fin Fang who turned up a bunch of times, fought Iron Man multiple times, uh, spent a while in the company of the a uh, quartet of reformed monsters known as the Fin Fang Four. Ooh. And uh, most recently turned up in uh, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, the short-lived uh, Jim Zub-written uh, Avengers spinoff book, which is really good, and I recommend you check it out. No, it is very good. It has, well, it has Gorilla Man in it, so that's should be all you need yeah, to know. Gorilla Man, there's a, there's a, a two-parter with the Live Wires. It had um the brood kid from the brood guy from X Men. Uh, brood, get his name. Brood. That's why I forgot. Yes, got his got his name. It had Kazar in it. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish it went a little bit longer, but you know, it was pretty good. Um, oh, he also showed up in Old Man Quill, which uh, you know, I thought. I thought I wouldn't like it as much, but it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good run yeah. of a comic. Yeah. Yeah. It ends with, uh, an old, old man, Peter Krill shooting a, uh, broken time, uh, time stone into Galactus's brain. Oh. Yeah. It's cool. You should read it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's 12, 12 issues. It's set in the old man Logan universe. And, uh, I will say I like the old man Logan universe. It does, mm. uh, it does a pretty good job at, Showing uh, triumphant heroes of uh, returning back and trying to, you know, make things better um, without it being too like too grim dark. Uh, so well, it's here that I must note that I I uh, committed a grievous omission. 
when the, no, I did can't. not I did not mention that the uh, main illustration for this is a lovely Walt Simonson piece, and that all like all great Marvel monsters, he's wearing a pe- uh, little pair of underpants. Yeah, which sometimes they don't put on, and it makes me very uncomfortable. I mean, he either he never has underpants or he always has underpants. Yeah, and you know, I just feel like put some on. I'm just saying, like if it looks like they could have some genitals down there, maybe put some pants on them. This is a, this is a pretty good gag in uh, next wave as well. Yes. Uh, by the way, also another another mention of a thing you should read. Read next wave. Oh you sure. Know? It has my second favorite version of Boom Boom in it. Yeah, I mean, uh, turns out the writer is kind of a creep, but uh, hey, some uh, great Stuart Inman uh, 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 art in there. He's still cool. Warren Ellis was one of my favorite writers. Yeah, I think we all uh, took that one pretty hard. It really hurts. It hurts me so much. That being said, let's get this done with. Uh, what do you have to plug? All right. So I'm a member of the. Uh, so uh, I'm on a Transformers podcast, uh, Stasis Pod. We're currently working on the 2015 uh, Robots in Disguise TV series. We're going episode by episode through that. And uh, I'm also a member of the Marvel Research Team. Uh, we have two books that you can find in stores now, if there are still copies available. Uh, handbooks for the Empire and Ten of Swords crossovers. And in March, we'll have a brand new book uh, tying into King in Black, which features an exhaustively researched Venom profile written by me. And uh, and I also kept myself sane uh, during 2020 by doing a weird villain of the day. Uh, every day on Twitter. So if you check me out at at RulerBulon, R-U-L-E-R-B-U-L-O-N, uh, you can check out uh, nearly 365 of those entries. Yeah, it's uh, it's real good. I would I would suggest it. It's it's something I check out huh. um a lot. So okay, well uh, my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters where I talk about cryptids in some alert ways. Um, by the time this comes out, which I think will be around the new year. Actually, I think this might be in the first week of the new year. Oh, it will be. Ooh. So, that's fun. A happy, tw- to- happy 2021, everybody. Yeah, I will, uh, we will be, I will, I'll be on the fourth year of that podcast. Mm. So, I'll be starting my fourth, my fourth, uh, fourth year. So, I um, mean, it's only going to get better because it turns out you get better at researching and, and stuff the more you do it, uh, you know. So, yeah, but if you want to support me, you go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram where you can see the pictures of the people we're talking about, as well as like a little audiogram and whatnot. And whatnot. Um, if you want to support me financially, you can go to patreon.com slash alphabet flight. And, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe, all that junk, uh, you know, to help me out a little bit with the, uh, you know, helping new people find this out. I'd like more people to know about obscure characters that most of them don't show up anymore or are background (laughs) characters with barely any backstory when they show up. So, you know, it's fun. So, uh, thank you for uh, listening. This has been Alphabet Flight and... May Conchie protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Good night. Mm-hmm.